Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 862. Chapter 132, The Broken Circle. I had been busy for more than an hour when the sun finally peered over the tops of the trees and began to burn the dew from the grass. I had found a flat rock and was using it as a makeshift anvil to hammer a spare horseshoe into a different shape. Above the fire, a pot of oats was boiling. I was just putting the finishing touches on the horseshoe when I saw a flicker of movement from the corner of my eye. It was Crin peeking around the corner of the wagon. I guessed I'd woken her with the sound of hammering iron. Oh my god. Her hand went to her mouth, and she took a couple sudden steps out from behind the wagon. You killed them? Yes, I said simply, my voice sounding dead in my ears. Crin's eyes ran up and down my body, staring at my torn and bloody shirt. Are her voice caught in her throat, and she swallowed, Are you all right? I nodded, silently. When I'd finally worked up the courage to examine my wound, I'd discovered that Florian's cloak had saved my life. Instead of spilling open my guts, Alec's knife had merely given me a long, shallow cut across my belly. He had also ruined a perfectly good shirt, but I had a hard time feeling bad about that, all things considered. I examined the horseshoe, then used a damp leather strap to tie it firmly to one end of a long, straight branch. I pulled the kettle of oats off the fire and thrust the horseshoe into the coals. Seeming to recover from some of her shock, Crin slowly approached, eyeing the row of bodies on the other side of the fire. I had done nothing other than lay them out in a rough line. It wasn't tidy. Bloodstained, the bodies and their wounds gaped openly. Crin stared as if she were afraid they might start to move again. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. So Florian's cloak clearly gives him, I'm going to say, advantage on reflex saves. Why is it like, well, I was thinking it was like an armor plus one. <laughs> well, he he took damage. He took damage, right? So either he, he gives it gets damage resistance or he took half damage from succeeding on his reflex save. Oh, okay. Reasonable. <laughs> anyway, magic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's magic. One of the things I appreciate about the craft of this page is that this chapter starts with a question, perhaps more than one question, because when we last left, Quoth had been like badly wounded and was thinking like, oh, geez, I don't even know how bad this wound is. I might die. Um, and so when the chapter opens and Quoth has been busy for an hour, we are all thinking, well, hold on. What happened to that wound? Which yeah. that, that question gets answered on this page. But there's another question. What is he doing? He's like hammering a horseshoe into a new shape. For what purpose? What's he going to do with it? It's a good hook to get the reader invested right away. Beg a question in the narrative. There's even more, even more questions. He he dragged every single body back and laid them out in a line. We know they scattered and he spent the night hunting them down. 
So it's. I mean, he might just be accounting for them. Yeah, but if he was, you'd think he would just like, I don't know, check them off in a mental checklist, but he dragged them all back. I don't know if you ever like picked up an unconscious person or, you know. They're heavy, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, people are heavy and Quoth was wounded. That's why they say the phrase dead weight is is not easy to carry. Yeah, I think that that's that's all worth uh, worth thinking about in terms of how Rothfuss is creating tension after the action sequence is over. There's also with the uh, with the Florian's cloak being called out on this page, he's now had a chance to kind of test out uh, all of his newly acquired skills and items, uh, and they all kind of contributed to him coming out on top here. So I think that part of the purpose of this 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 reinforces my kind of pet theory that part of the purpose of this whole sequence is so that he can, without remorse, go to maximum overdrive. Mm. Yeah, he's going goblin mode. And uh, tested all his new skills. It's like in Gundam Seed when when uh, like the little seed breaks in Kira's brain. I don't know if you guys have seen Gundam Seed, but it's like a thing from our childhood. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was never a Gundam guy, but I'm sure many of our listeners know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, anyway, there's like a scene and like a seed breaks and then his eyes go all crazy and then he's like available to use all of his skill sets suddenly. <laughs> so it's like Super Saiyan? Like, not really. Like it's not... It's not like visually super sand, but his eyes go a little weird and he becomes like a little more ruthless. So it's like the avatar state. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say that it's somewhat like that. (laughs) It's like becoming the one. Sure. Yeah. I honestly, like I've seen the matrix several times and I do not understand the concept of the one enough to be able to speak on that, but sure. (laughs) It's like being level 20. Oh my God. Stop. Okay, I have a question, though, going back to the cloak. So uh, the cloak made it so that he himself was less damaged. But, I mean, if the cloak was a normal cloak, it would have been damaged also. So is Valorian's cloak not damaged? Is it like like a self-healing exacto blade, Matt? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I think that it, it sort of, like, caught the knife and deflected it. Like, he's still... The shirt got cut, right? But I think that it sort of went cloak, yeah. shirt, skin... And it couldn't penetrate the cloak, but it was still sharp enough, though dulled, to penetrate the the shirt and the skin. But it like, you know, because it's magic, it itself is not damaged. I don't think it's okay. self-healing or anything. I think it just like... It just was not I don't damaged know, exactly. to begin with. Have you ever tried to like pierce a piece of... Like the, the plastic wrap that they ship mattresses in? Okay, yes. I actually, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you could damage the mattress, yeah, but not the wrap you, like, somehow. If you like knife into yeah. it and then swiped at someone, you might cut them, but not cut the plastic. Yeah, yes. exactly. And fun fact, I did that with my first mattress. <laughs> I sliced a hole in it without actually uh, setting it free from the plastic that was wrapping it. So uh, do not slash your mattresses, folks. Listeners, do not do this. <laughs> Page of the way does not endorse slashing your mattresses. Legally, you cannot slash your mattress. I don't know why I have such a hard time keeping this straight, but Krin is the one that's like a little more chatty, right? She's the one who's not catatonic. Yeah. Okay. Good. Just just double checking because I was like, oh, that'd be weird if they switched them up at this point, and I was like, no, wait, no, this has to be yeah. the one that's chatty. Um, and we in get comparison. later on in um, this chapter, we kind of get more of the backstory of Crin and Ellie and some reasoning as to why Crin is reacting the way she's reacting and Ellie's reacting the way she's reacting. Excellent. We will get there when we get there. In the meantime, letters. 
letters. This letter is from Madsen, who writes, Of Edemra. Hi, pagers. Just listening to episode 833, and it struck me that Penthe says Quoth is now of Edemra, exactly the way Quoth always says he is of the Edemra, which for me strengthens the theory that the two cultures were once one. All that's good. Signed, Madsen. I am cocking my eyebrow uh, curiously. I am I am nodding thoughtfully. Well, legally, you cannot cock your eyebrow. I feel I'm like illegally. you might just say you are of something, like as a as a turn of phrase in general. You might, but it is a you know they clearly have a similar sense of civic pride, right? Like it's not just a club you belong to. It is something that is kind of through your bones. I don't know. Like, I, I think, I think you're right, Jordana, that it could just be an innocuous, like sense of pride in your, in your, your culture, but we don't hear Willem say I am of the shawled. Right. I mean, maybe we do. I don't remember, but I don't know. It, it doesn't strike me as like a prose tick in the way that say George Martin kind of develops these prosaic ticks in writing where disparate, like different characters will sort of like use similar turns of phrase. Uh, and I don't think it means anything. I do think that when similar turns of phrase pop up in this book, it's, it's important or at least intentional. Reasonable. Jeremy, uh, you should really let that eyebrow down. I'm sorry to say that all of our moms were correct because the wind changed while you two were talking and now it's stuck that way. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, Jeremy is uh, putting on kind of a, a Salvador Dali face now. Uh, I will try to adjust it in a more Leonard Nimoy or Elrond direction before tomorrow's page. Uh, the wind. wind.